Hi, welcome to New Hope Community Church Online. The sermon you are about to hear was originally given by Pastor Chuck Wilson. New Hope Community Church, to know, to live, and to share Jesus Christ. The title for today is Turn on the Power, Mark 6, 12 to 13. But I want to start off with a, a video of Bono. A lot of you remember U2, uh, they're, they're still out there. But uh, Bono, uh, I saw uh, Karen sent me a video from Bono, and it was like, she said, I think he's been listening to your podcast, the sermons, because uh, wait till you hear this. It kind of sums up what we've been talking about, and it leads us into today. It's a great sum up and anticipates what we're going to be doing, and I'll just let him start off the sermon for us. I look to the scriptures for poetic truth, um, as well as the sort of historical stuff I'm, I'm, I'm in, interested in, and of course there was a historical Historical Jesus. No, I'm talking about God. Oh, right. And, and do well, you I see. I'm, the, per, the person of Christ is my way to understand uh, God. Do you pray? Yes. To whom or what do you pray? To Christ. Way? To Christ. Yeah. And, and what do you pray for? I pray to get to know um, the will of God, because then the prayers have more chance of coming through. I mean, that's the thing about prayer, isn't it? I mean, we don't do it in a very lofty way in our family. It's just a bunch of us on the bed, usually. We have a very big bed in our house. And all our, we've prayed with all our kids. We, we you know, we just, we, we read the scriptures, we pray. It's not even regular. Sometimes if we go to church on a Sunday, we go when the church has ended, and we'll just go in on our own as a family. For peace and quiet. For peace and quiet. And we'll pray, usually about people that we know who are struggling with something, um, illness so, or so, so whatever. So then, what or who was Jesus as far as you're concerned? I think it's, the, it's a defining question for a Christian, is who was Christ. And, and I don't think you're let off easily by saying a great thinker or a great philosopher or, a, a, you know, because actually he went round saying he was the Messiah. That's why he was crucified. He was crucified because he said he was the Son of God. So he either, in my view, was the Son of God, or he was not. No, no, nuts. Nuts, yes. Forget yes. rock and roll messianic complexes. This is like, I mean, Charlie Manson-type delirium. And I find it hard to accept that... All the millions and millions of lives, half the earth for 2,000 years, have been touched, have felt their lives touched and inspired by some nutter. I just, I don't believe it. I, so I think, therefore it follows that you believe he was divine. Yes. And therefore it follows that you believe that he rose physically from the dead. Yes, yeah, I mean, I've no problem with miracles. Living around them, I am one. So, so when you pray, then you pray to Jesus, yes, the risen Jesus, yes, and you believe that He made promises which will come true, yes, I do. Yeah, that'll be on the podcast if you want to go on the podcast and watch it yourself. Uh, Karen had sent that to me, and it, it fit perfect for today. It really sums up the last few weeks and anticipates today's passage that we're going to be looking at. And it also kind of answers a question. Remember the U2 song, I Still Haven't Found What I'm Looking For? Sounds like he has found it. So that was really encouraging to see. 
we've been looking at Jesus Christ's power, his power over nature, over the supernatural, over sickness, over death. And Jesus has been using, showing his power and using it to teach the disciples and us some very important lessons on faith. Last week we saw that Jesus sent out his 12 apostles. On the first mission trip, he gave them some wild traveling instructions. If you missed that, grab a CD or listen to the podcast. But the instructions are for us too. But today we're going to see something else. He sent them out. He packed something for them. He sent them out with something, his power. We're going to see that he shares his power with the disciples. And there's implications for us on this Resurrection Sunday. It's perfect timing that we landed on this passage. Perfect timing because this is... Easter Sunday, Resurrection Sunday. And Jesus, just as he shares his power, we're going to see with the the apostles, we also know he has shared his resurrection power with us today. And he has sent us out to impact the world with that power. Let me pray. Father, we thank you for the worship. We thank you for bringing us all together here in New Hope Community Church on this Resurrection Easter Sunday. We ask for your mercy and grace, and we ask for your Holy Spirit to speak to us. Whatever you want to accomplish in our lives, that you would do it. We would surrender to that. In Jesus' name, amen. Okay, the passage which we started last week, I'm just going to read you the verses. It's Mark 6 starting with verse 6 through 13, where he says, Then Jesus went around teaching from village to village, calling the twelve to him. He sent them out two by two and gave them authority over evil spirits. These were his instructions. Take nothing for the journey except a staff, no bread, no bag, no money in your, your belts. Wear sandals, but not an extra tunic. Whenever you enter a house, stay there until you leave that town. And if any place will not welcome you or listen to you, shake the dust off your feet when you leave as a testimony against them. They went out and preached that people should repent. They drove out many demons and anointed many sick people with oil and healed them. So, first of all, in verse 7, when we start off with that, sees how Jesus sent them out with his power. Clung the twelve to him. He sent them out two by two and gave them authority over evil spirits. He sent them, he sent them out with his power. The parallel passage from Matthew 10 goes into a little bit more detail. In Matthew 10, verses 7 and 8, this is what he says. He says, as you go, preach this message. The kingdom of heaven is near. Heal the sick, raise the dead, cleanse those who have leprosy, drive out demons. Freely you have received, freely give. So we see that he sends them out with this power. Back to Mark chapter 6, verse 12, we see the power manifested here. They went out and preached that people should repent. They drove out many demons, anointed many sick people with oil, and healed them. So he sends them out with power. And there's three ways that I think he sends them out with power. The first thing is he sends them out with a powerful message. What is the message? Repent and believe. If you look at the both passages together, it's the repent and believe. Uh, in Mark chapter 6, he says repent. In Matthew 10 verse 7, remember we read that a few, a few minutes ago, he says the kingdom of heaven is near. Where have we seen that thread? Repent because the kingdom of heaven is near. Where have we seen that thread before? 
way back in Mark chapter 1. In fact, in Mark chapter 1, verse 15, when Jesus started his preaching ministry, when he starts to take off the mask, the secret Messiah, and he starts to, his preaching ministry, in Mark 1, 15, remember we, last year or sometime we did this? He says, the time has come, he said, the kingdom of God is near. Repent and believe the good news. So the same message that he's sending the apostles out with is the same one that he started with. He's sharing this powerful message. And if you put those three passages together, it's the, king, the kingdom of heaven is near. So repent and believe. The kingdom of heaven is near. Remember that. And he says repent and believe. That's the powerful message. Repent and believe. The, the kingdom of heaven is near. The repentance is the first step. The first step to getting right with God, the first step to having a relationship with God, the first step to, to that, that connecting with God and knowing God as our Father is repentance. That's the first step. And the word repent means to turn from sin. It literally means you're walking one way and you stop and you turn and walk the other way. That's a picture of repentance. That's what it really means that you say, I'm not going to follow the sinful life anymore. I'm going to follow Jesus Christ. And how do we know what to repent of? Everything... For God's perfect will for our life, for his purpose for our will, is in the Bible. He tells us how to live the life in his will, to live the life, the ultimate life he wants us to have, to live the life that is full and meaningful and, and, and fulfilling. It's, it's in God's word. So anything that we do that goes against God's word is sin. It's hurting us and hurting other people. And it breaks our relationship with God our Father. So anything that goes against God's word is something that we have to repent of. We have to stop, turn, and walk the other way. That's repentance. And that it's vital. That's the vital first step. If we want a relationship with God, if you want to be able to talk to God as your Father, that is the first step is that repentance. But then, Mark... 115, he says, repent and believe the good news. Repentance is a start, but the next step is believing the good news. The, a lot of people, you hear the word gospel often. We often use the word gospel. Gospel means good news. Whenever you see the word good news, that's the gospel. It's the great news, really. What is the gospel? The gospel is that we can have a do-over. You ever, if you play golf, it's called a Mulligan, right? Or, or in life, did you ever wish you just could have a do-over? Some of you say, I wish I could start over this morning. Some things happen, right? And on the way here, the church, right? You know, wouldn't it be great? Think of the worst mistake you've ever made. Wouldn't it be nice to be able to have a do-over on that? Well, guess what? Spiritually, we get a do-over. It's possible to have a do-over. It's possible to be forgiven for anything we've ever done. To be forgiven and have a relationship with God as our own Father. That's the great news. That's the gospel. How? I'm going to use an old, an old Billy Graham ABC. I'm going to combine it with a, with a couple of my things too. But I remember hearing Billy Graham one time on TV and he said, A, admit your sin. Admit your sin. That's when we say, God, I repent. I know my sin is separating me from a relationship with a holy God, and I repent of that sin, and I ask you to forgive me. Admit our sin. B, believe in Jesus Christ. Believe in Jesus Christ, that he died for our sins. 
that he gave his blood in our place, that he, took, he was our substitute. He, he took our execution. He took our punishment on that cross. That's what Jesus did. We put our faith in Jesus Christ, believing that that's what he did for us. And what does the resurrection, the resurrection prove? The resurrection proved that he was God's son. Just like Bono had said on the tape earlier, that, that on the video, that that proves, anybody could say, I'm God's son, I'm going to die for you. But him coming back from the dead, just as he promised after three days, just like he, he predicted and promised, proved he was the son of God. Proved that our sins can be paid for if we will believe in him and put our faith in him. So we admit our sin, we believe in Jesus, and then we confess him as Lord. We're not just trying to get a free ticket to heaven here. We're giving him our life, which he gives back a lot new and proved, right? But, but we give him our life. We confess him as Lord. We say, God, I'm going to follow you. I'm going to follow you. I'm, I'm giving you my life. I surrender this life to you. Yeah, now this is a lot of this stuff, right? You know, roller coaster ride. You know, we get off track, but he keeps bringing us back. We're, we're surrendering to him. Have you ever repented and believed in Jesus Christ? Have you ever believed in him repentance and belief have you taken that step so he starts off with a powerful message that's the message and then verses back to mark chapter 6 verses 12 and 13 he also gives them the power encounter not just a powerful message but the power encounter they they drove out many demons that's a power encounter and then also practical power the third thing is practical power they, and they healed many sick people. They healed people. That was practical power. And, and this is our job today. This is our job today. Now, we may not have apostolic power. I, I don't. I'll admit it. We, I can't just walk into a hospital and empty it, you know, by healing everybody. We may not have that apostolic power. He gave that to the 12 apostles. But we still see regular healing on a regular basis, right? As we pray and anoint people with oil, we still see a lot of healing, a lot of testimonies here. And we still see many people freed from demonic strongholds. Most of us have been freed from some kind of demonic stronghold, right? I would have to say all of us have been some kind of stronghold. And we've, and you, and we've you've all heard plenty of preaching about repentance. <laughs> that kind of goes with the territory here, right? So... We may not have apostolic power, but we have a power that the apostles did not have at this point in their ministry. Did you know that? We have a power that they did not have at this point in their ministry. We have resurrection power. Now, they got it in Acts chapter 2, but we have it today. Resurrection power. We have the power of the full message, the good news, the great news. Not that the kingdom of heaven is near... The kingdom of heaven is here. We're not, this is not near, it's here. We have the resurrection power. He's here. Jesus, this is post-resurrection now. Jesus died for our sins. He rose again from the dead. And we can be forgiven and given life if we believe, if we put our faith in Jesus Christ. That's the gospel. That's the great news. That's the power that we have. That message. Romans 1.16, we've said it many times, I am not ashamed of the gospel because it is the power of God for the salvation of everyone who believes, first for the Jews and then for the Gentile. I am not ashamed of the gospel. Why? Because it is the power of God for our salvation. That's the power that we have, that if we will put our faith in Jesus Christ, we will receive his transforming power. 
If we want the moment you put your faith in Jesus Christ, the Holy Spirit comes in and it's like electricity shooting through our body. It's something amazing, powerful. We can never think the same. We can never act the same again. There's conviction. The Holy Spirit's moving in our heart. We can we can never live that old life again. In fact, in 2 Corinthians 5:17, it talks about this. It says, "Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation." The old has gone, the new has come. The moment you put your faith in Christ, you become a new creation, a brand new person. It's that transforming power that we receive. And then once we become a new creation, a new person, we've been transformed by his power. It's a lifelong process. We know that. Then we become a new kind of apostle. Not the kind that's going to walk around and empty out hospitals and do all these amazing things, although we see it happening as part of our ministry. But we now become ambassadors. A couple verses further down, 2 Corinthians 5.20 says, We are therefore Christ's ambassadors, as though God were making his appeal through us. We implore you on Christ's behalf, be reconciled to God. We become apostle ambassadors, the ones that represent Jesus Christ, that are reaching out and trying to bring people with this with this powerful message we have a powerful message it's the gospel remember romans 1 16 uh, i'm not ashamed of the gospel because it's the power of god the word power there is dunami in greek where we get the word dynamite from it's that's how powerful it, is. it, it dynamites it breaks hearts it breaks strongholds it breaks the the strongholds of our mind and, and it sets us free that's the power of it with we have that powerful message the gospel and not only is the message but our lives you put these two verses together second corinthians 5 17 second corinthians 5 20 ambassadors new creation it's not just the message but our lives become the message the most important message is the gospel lived out in our lives that that transforming power that we're, the, we're a new creation do we understand that we have a powerful message, and our lives are, are a powerful message because we've been transformed. We're a new creation, and we can speak this. Do you have that resurrection power? Have you ever put your faith in Jesus Christ? Have you been saved from sin, from death, from Satan's grip? Have you become a new creation for this Easter Sunday? And if we have, if we have done that, are we realizing the power of the gospel are we realizing that power in our life that jesus the power of jesus christ that resurrection power in our life and our message there i got a devotional dr david jeremiah i forward to a lot of them to you i got one this week i didn't forward because i want to read it to you it shows the power of jesus christ and the power of his name uh he has a ministry called turning point a lot of you listen to him or read his book but it talks about the power of jesus name he says it, he tells a story in this devotional. He said there was a book in 1875 on the history of hymns, and there was a, the the author Edward Long, Edwin Long, told the story in this book of about a missionary in India named Reverend E. P. Scott, who was determined to reach a dangerous tribe. I'm just going to read it to you here. He was determined to reach a dangerous tribe in India with the gospel. His friends sought to dissuade him, talk him out of it. He said, "We'll never see you again." He said. But I must carry, I must carry Jesus to them. Scott, when he got to this tribe, he found himself surrounded by warriors brandishing spears pointed at his chest. 
He was expecting to die, so he said, well, since I'm going to die, I'm going to die. Um, I'm just going to read it here. The missionary expecting to die quietly extracted his violin from the case, closed his eyes, and decided to die singing, all hail the power of Jesus' name. The expected attack didn't come. On the third verse, let every kindred, every tribe, on this terrestrial ball, as he's singing that with his violin, good thing we have a violin here, right? Scott opened his eyes to see the spears lowered and tears in the eyes of the warriors. Reverend Scott went on to devote years of labor to evangelizing this tribe. The power of the name of Jesus Christ, the power of the gospel, the transforming power. Are we realizing that power daily in our life? What, what was our life like a year ago? Think of a year ago on Easter. What was your life like? What will our life be like a year from now? Will we see a change? Will we see a transformation? Several people came in and said, told me awesome stories today about one of their kids or a relative or something. Something God's working. And I was like so encouraged. But will we see a change in our life? Will we be sharing that powerful message through the message of the gospel and through the message of our life? What did Jesus say? Freely you have received, freely give. Will, will we be sharing that message? Where? Where is God sending you? Who is God sending you to? It could be around the world or across the street. But he's calling all of us as his ambassadors. Let's pray. As we go to this time of prayer, we spend some time just talking to God. I want to ask you, if you're already a Christian, what is the Holy Spirit saying to you this morning through his word? Maybe there's something we need to repent of. There's always something. Maybe there's something we need to repent. We're going one direction and God is saying, turn around. Follow me. You won't be happy till you follow me. You will never be happy until you live the life I've called you to live. The life I've created you to live. You will never find fulfillment. Are we realizing the transforming power? Have we been stuck? Or have we seen a difference from last Easter? Will we see a difference till next Easter? Will we see that transforming power? What do we need to do? What do we need to surrender? Maybe it's abiding. We just need to spend time abiding with Christ. Maybe it's time in his word or time in prayer. Maybe it's taking steps of faith that God is calling us to take. Scary steps, but they're steps of faith. Maybe you're here today and you've never taken the first step of faith. You've never
never put your faith in Jesus Christ. But you feel the Holy Spirit, you sense him speaking to you, calling to you, tugging on your heart, convicting, convicting us. This Resurrection Sunday could be your resurrection. Right where you're sitting, just pray to God. Respond to the gospel. God, I admit my sin. I believe in Jesus Christ. I confess Jesus as my Lord. ask you to forgive me. I put my faith in Jesus. I'm going to follow him. If you've prayed that prayer, something amazing has happened. Or if you do pray that prayer, sometimes it's a spiritual, it's often a long spiritual journey, but if you pray that prayer, if you Give your life to God. Something amazing happened. John 3.16 says, For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only Son, that whoever believes in him shall not perish but have eternal life. If you've taken that step of faith or if you have questions about that, I want to encourage you to let me know. Tell me on the way out, fill out the card in the bulletin, stick it in the box, text me, call me, email me, it's all in the bulletin there. Or, or if you came with a friend, you could talk to them, or a family member, someone you know here, talk to them, talk to somebody. Father, we pray that each of us would know the power of the resurrection of your son, Jesus Christ, the salvation and the transformation in our lives. We thank you in Jesus' name.